0: Welcome back to AQ's Blog and Grill, where we dish up fast food for thought on branding and entrepreneurship. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening. And after the show, leave us a comment with your thoughts on today's episode. Now here's your host,
1: Alan Corey. Hey, everybody, and welcome to AQ's Blog and Grill. We're really happy and thrilled today to have Lauren Lake with us. Now, Lauren is the co-founder and Chief Operating Officer of Bridget. Now, you may not know what Bridget is at this very moment, but I do and Lauren does and she's gonna tell me and you're gonna listen in and we're all gonna learn a, a, a fabulous new, uh, a new story because this is a great story. Lauren, good morning.
0: Good morning, thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> how are you? I'm good, how are you? Great, thank you. So the Bridget story is, can you tell us a little bit about what Bridget is? What is it that you guys are doing?
0: Yes. So, Bridget is a construction software company. We started uh, back in 2014. We launched our first product. And really, we're building software solutions for the construction industry um, to tackle a variety of different things. Um, We have two products in the market right now, and we'll get into more about what each of those does. But I think the biggest thing is just bringing technology to an industry that is known to be more old school, definitely more traditional, A lot of what the industry has been relying on up until the past few years has been very pen and paper based, um, very manual. And so it's been exciting to see the differences that even very simple technology can make.
1: Wow. And so it's you and a co-founder, Mallory Brody. And how did you guys meet? Because this is kind of a neat uh, story as well.
0: Yes, yeah, so we met in definitely not your standard way. Um, we had both applied to an entrepreneurship program. We were both in our final year of university, and we were interested in this program. Pretty much if you applied and you got in, it was called Next Canada, you would um, have the resources and the support, a little bit of money to start your own business. And so I had applied, Mallory had applied, and we ended up both getting into the program and being randomly together on a team and so that's not how you would normally start a business typically you'd be working with somebody that you already had a long-standing relationship with and so the chances of that actually working out for us i wouldn't say um, were very high but somehow it just worked for us and we really hit it off right away and we found so many common threads between what each of us wanted to do we were both really interested in starting a company that we could continue on with after the program And we both had family in the construction industry. So there's a bunch of things that were similarities between us. And yeah, just the partnership just really worked right from day one.
1: Right. And now Mallory was coming from a business school and you were coming from an engineering school. Mm -hmm. Hmm. How how did you find that chemistry has worked?
0: um, So I think for me, it was so exciting to work with somebody who was coming from a business background, because that was something that I really felt I lacked. um, Because I was studying civil engineering, I didn't have any formal um, business training. And that was something, even though I was always interested in entrepreneurship, I always felt like that was something that was going to hold me back. And then I think from Mallory's perspective, she was excited to work with somebody, again, that had a different background than herself, um, compared to working with others in the business school, where everyone's coming from the same kind of the same background, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I was studying civil engineering, I had been doing um, co-op terms and working on construction sites for those co-op terms. And so I had a little bit of that on-site experience that I think helped us um, just in the early days figure out kind of where we wanted to start. Um, And it was really the two of us at that point um, going out and actually visiting those construction sites and trying to figure out um, further from there what we wanted to focus on.
1: Yeah. You had a little thing going on where you were counting cranes or you were finding (laughs) cranes. What was that all about?
0: Yeah, we called it crane hunting. Um, pretty much when we had first started the business, um, we both had family within the construction industry. So both of our grandparents, um, had started different types of construction businesses. And, uh, we had grown up a little bit around that and seeing what they had done. So that combined with me having studied civil engineering and spent Um, my co-op terms on construction sites, we had this, I guess you could call it a gut feeling that there was opportunity within the construction industry um, for more technology. Everything that I had seen um, just from my short time on site, everything was pen and paper, but we didn't know exactly what our product was going to be. What was it going to do? um, Was it even worth pursuing? And so from our point of view, we just figured the only way to figure this out is to actually get out there on the site and ask people who live in this industry every single day. We're never going to come up with this answer just on our own. Right. And that's what's triggered this crane hunting. It was pretty much just us waking up in the morning, um, driving around looking for cranes and going <laughs> up at some construction site at the base of the crane. Um, we would bring our, you know, donuts and coffee with us and, try and chat with anybody who was, you know, entering or exiting the site. All right. And surprisingly, um, we just had such great luck, um, getting people to open up about what the challenges were. So we just asked really open-ended questions. We would say, you know, we want to start this business within construction. We want to learn what we could build that would help you. What's the most frustrating part of your day? Mm-hmm. Or if you could have one thing, um, what would it be? And yeah. so that's just what kind of started um, months and months of that research.
1: so you mentioned an interesting word, uh, Lauren, as an entrepreneur, and you mentioned the word luck or the 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 event maybe of luck or how important luck might be as an entrepreneur, how have you found that? Is it true, or is it were you was this all science because you were a civil engineer?
0: Um, there's definitely an element of luck to anything. Um, my grandfather actually always says, the harder you work the luckier you get <laughs> yeah.
1: um,
0: and I think that was true we had definitely many lucky moments but I think that was because we just were out there so often Right. Um, so we had lots of really great conversations for example on construction sites doing this crane hunting um, but we also did 500 of those interviews so of course we were bound to have a couple lucky ones out of 500 right. yeah um, so I think it was yeah we were just pounding the pavement um, we spent six months doing that before we ever wrote a single line of code or built anything
1: mm-hmm. in terms
0: of what the actual product was. So I think we yeah, we definitely spent a lot of time up front trying to understand the industry, understand the problems, and understand what we were going to build before just starting to build something. Right.
1: So you actually did find a need and um, you you solved a problem. And that's kind of a key for a startup. Definitely, I think for us
0: finding that problem and really validating that it was something that people would actually use on site um, if we built the product and th- that they would pay for it, that was the biggest right. thing for us. Um, we right. also weren't coming from a software background, either of us. And so we didn't have the luxury in a lot of ways to just you know code something up late at night and start prototyping. Um, right. So in some ways that was, you know, unfortunate because we wanted to, you know, get out there and actually start building something. Uh, But at the same time, I guess the silver lining was that it forced us to be extra diligent in that research process. Mm -hmm. That by the time we actually started to build a software team um, as part of the company, we were so, we had so much conviction over what that idea was um, because we knew we couldn't, we didn't have, you know, additional chances to build the wrong thing. The first time around. Right. so yeah, we spent a lot of time really validating that first product idea. Um, and just last year we launched a second product, and we went through very much the exact same research process, um talking to people, understanding the needs, you know, building simple prototypes and validating those with people before actually investing in building the real product.
1: Wow. So listening and getting to understanding uh, has been absolutely critical in the successful launch of uh, Bridget.
0: Yeah, for us, it was really all about listening and iterating on what people were you know, telling us and the opinions that we were getting from all these different stakeholders within construction.
1: Mm-hmm. There was
0: never this light bulb moment where an idea just struck and we just had this idea for the product. It took, you know, those six months for product number one and many months for product mm-hmm. number two of, you know, talking to people, asking questions and continually validating whether or not Kind of our guesses or our assumptions were correct or incorrect right.
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so the products were very much designed and built through this kind of like step-by-step um research-oriented way it wasn't just you know one day we woke up with this idea and it was like mm-hmm. okay this is what we're doing it, right. it took a long time
1: yeah you, no one ever said the word eureka uh in this process no no, no. I, I hope people understand that because Uh, A lot of people think it's just going to be one lucky strike and kaboom. You know, I'm going to go back to your grandfather's quote about the the harder you work, the luckier you get. And I think today I'm going to just extrapolate that a little bit to the smarter you work, the luckier you get uh, these days because everything is so hyper, you know, fast and uh, we have to keep up and it has to start up here. Um, So tell us a little bit about the first product. This is this is the uh, Bridget closeout, is it or is this Bridget bench, which was the first?
0: Yep, we renamed it to Bridget Field. So yeah, started as closeout. um, We added to it, we called it um, Bridget Field. But that was the first product we launched in 2014. And essentially, it was it started out as a deficiency management tool. Um, So you can think of that as um, pretty much issue tracking on large scale construction projects. What would happen is the project manager would go through the building every single day during construction and they'd be looking for issues or defects that had come up. And what would happen is they would typically write that down on a piece of paper. They would, um, figure out, you know, who needs to fix this. Is it the plumber? Is it the electrician? Is it, you know, the drywall crew? So they would go through the building. They would list all of these different issues. They would go back to their computer at some point, type that into an Excel spreadsheet, add photos possibly, and then compile this entire list, send it out to all of those different subcontractors, all those different trades um, groups, and then, you know, follow each of those items through to completion, making sure that everything is done and fixed accordingly. And so it's a very manual process. And on big projects, they would be managing 20,000 or more of these issues, all you know individually um, tracking them through emails or phone calls. So you can imagine how difficult that becomes on these big projects, something like a big hospital or a condo building um, where you have thousands and thousands of these issues across many, many teams. And so our first product, the field product was just a simple app. The project manager could walk onto the construction site, they could take pictures of any of these issues that they came across and just fill out all the information they needed right there assign it to the plumber assign it to the drywaller and then it would automatically notify those people and follow all of those items through to completion so it's a really simple product um, but that was something that people you know adopted very quickly um, they were able to use it between the general contractor, all of their subcontractors, their architects and so on. So everybody was on the same um, kind of cloud-based platform. That was the field product. Um, as time went on, we did continue to add to that. So we added more of a homeowner warranty section for people that were buying new condos um, because they would go through a similar process. Um, we added more around checklists um, because that was something that people did kind of right before that deficiency walkthrough. So we did continue to expand on it Um, and we grew that product over, um, I guess the past five plus years to be over 150 customers um, across Canada and the U S. So it was a really successful product. We're still selling that product today. And that's typically sold um, more at the site level. So we're selling that directly to each individual construction project. And uh, it would be something that they would use throughout the construction phase.
1: Okay. And it's, it's very mobile. If I'm the, uh, the general contractor or I'm the inspector coming through the building. Now is this called a punch list? Am I doing a punch list when I yeah, do these? Yeah,
0: or punch list. Yep. Same thing.
1: <laughs> okay. So I can do this now on my tablet or my smartphone. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, come on. That's gotta be, you know, that's like going into the 22nd century for some of the guys on in the construction business. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And so tell take us on now to the, the next product that uh, you guys have introduced.
0: So the second product we just launched in 2019. So it's still a new product for us and it's called Bridget bench um, different from Bridget field um, in that we're tackling now more of the operation side of the construction um, companies. And so we're selling more to the corporate level versus selling this product to the site level, um, like the field one. Um, But the idea of Bridget Bench is it's a workforce planning tool designed specifically for the construction industry. Um, And so, again, this is something that even the really large general contractors are doing manually, where they will have an Excel spreadsheet or even just a huge whiteboard in their office of all of the different um, team members that they have, you know, all the site supers, the project managers, the estimators, they'd have everybody's name listed. And then they would have the list of all of their projects when those projects are starting and ending and who's like what type of um, people they need on each of those jobs. And they would meet once a week, once every two weeks as an operations team and try and manually match up who's going to which project when and so it's a very complex um, system because there's lots of moving parts, projects are always getting delayed, schedules are changing, and so they're trying to shuffle people around and make sure that they're utilizing their team um, to the best of their ability. Um, and so the Bridget Bench product is a web-based tool. Um, typically, you would use it on your computer um, where you can actually see your people and your projects, and it helps you match up who's going where and make that workforce plan.
1: Wow. So I think one of the things that is mentioned on your on your website, which is great, by the way, um, how, your perspective, your point of view for the success of Bridget has to be global.
0: So right now we're selling Bridget Bench um, just within Canada and the U.S. At some point, we would like to open that up Um we think we'll start initially by tackling the UK market, possibly mm-hmm. Australia, um, other English speaking um, areas. But right now there's so much opportunity in front of us um, just within the American and Canadian markets. Mm-hmm. But at this point, that's really our focus. But we're designing the product to be able um, to expand more in the future.
1: Yeah. And and that's got a lot of foresight to it because uh, this business of of what you're helping people solve problems for is not just a North American uh, situation. No. Yeah.
0: No. And um, yeah, it's exciting because we're the first company to be building workforce planning um, designed for construction, which is surprising. Um, Because you'd think that that would exist already, but there's so many solutions like this within the construction industry that just haven't existed um, up until now. So there still is a lot of low-hanging fruit out there in terms of, you know, simple ideas, simple products that can make a huge difference and just aren't available on the market yet.
1: Excellent. So how are you finding... uh... It with Bridget to get ready for the next stages. Uh, you've been out there, there's been some fundraising, you've got some capital. Uh, do you enjoy that process?
0: Um, we do enjoy like each of the stages. I'd say that's always a challenging aspect of any business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for us, we've always been really focused on building our revenue, making sure that our Um, numbers are always really strong. And so we can tell a good story um, about why Bridget makes sense as an investment. Um, So I think for us, the stage that we're at right now is exciting because we have two products in the market. We've never had that before. And the growth of Bridget Bench has been really, really um, enticing. Um, We're only about 10 months in um, and already seeing much uh, faster growth than we ever saw on the first product. And I think that's You know, due to all the lessons that we've learned over the the past number of years and the foundation that we were able to start with, um, with the field product, we were doing everything from, you know, zero up and with, uh, with, uh, with Bench, we were able to actually have a little bit more of a network, uh, more of a sales process, all these things that helped us kind of hit the ground running a lot faster.
1: Right. So when I first met you guys, uh, it was around five years ago. And I think you were at that time in a program at Communitech, uh, an incubator. How how important has the accelerator centers, incubators, um, things been to the development of um, Bridget?
0: I think they've been really important. Um, we've been part of lots of different programs. We were part of the creative destruction lab at U of yes. T. We were part of Next Canada, we were part of um, Communitech's REV program and a bunch of others. And each of them offers, I think, something a little bit different. And we got something out of each of those programs that we were in. Um, We're still close with many of the other companies that were part of the cohorts with us. And I think for for those companies, it's great to share um, kind of the common challenges. Um, with each other, and kind of have more of that support system. Um, Communitech has been super supportive of us ever since um, we started uh, here in KW. So, yeah, we owe them a lot for all of their support. Um, But I think, yeah, each of the programs offered a bit of a different focus. In the early days, it's so hard to know what to be focusing on. There's just so many different things that you feel like you need to do, and you really do have to prioritize your time and focus in on the things that truly matter. And so for us, those programs, I think were helpful because they gave us access to people who had you know, built companies before or who had um, more experience than us. Mm-hmm. And we were able to kind of work with them a little bit more to understand, okay, here's the top three priorities for the next month. And then we were always able to execute on those, but making sure we were, I guess, at least had a sounding board to make sure we were working on the right things. We weren't wasting our time um, on more like busy work.
1: Right. So you would, you would be uh, recommending to younger entrepreneurs or, or new stage entrepreneurs um, to get involved somehow with uh, a program that would offer you that or offer them that sounding board and, and kind of that expertise. Is that a good thing?
0: I think for us, it was, I'm sure everyone is different and maybe there's other companies that would say that that isn't, you know, as important to them, but I think for us, Um, It definitely was something we always felt like, you know, if we had a plan in front of us, we would somehow figure out a way to get it done. Um, But making sure that the plan that we had in front of us made sense, I think we felt more confident having more of that sounding board and then feeling like, okay, we've, you know, at least vetted this as much as we can. Now let's just go out there and do it. Um, You know, not that that guarantees you anything, because you're always changing that plan anyway, but it gave us uh, more confidence I would say
1: excellent well good um, what's next then Lauren for uh, Bridget you've got a new product in the in the market it's out there for 10 months uh, what have you got in the pipeline that you can share with us
0: yes so right now we're actively continuing to build on the bridget bench product so this is a really exciting time because we actually can see our early customers using the product we can you know talk to them and understand what they like or dislike about it and then we're getting constant feedback about what they want added. And so we're working as quickly as we can to add more and more things to the product, which is a good problem to have because there seems to be no end to what people would like um, to right. see it. And so I'd say that's our biggest focus right now is just continuing to expand the product. When we first launched it, we launched the most bare bones version of it. And so we knew that as soon as we put it out there, we're going to have to be, you know, ready to go um, because people are going to. We're going to start asking for more and more, so we're seeing that now. That's a good thing, um, but it's keeping us really busy on the product and development side. Um, on the sales side, we're continuing to expand. Most of our customers right now are in the United States, uh, about ninety percent. Mm. And so, yeah, we're continuing to expand there. Um, Within construction, they have a list called the ENR 400. So it's kind of like the Fortune 500. It's the largest 400 um, general contractors in the U.S. And we're using that as a bit of a guide to try and figure out, okay, how do we work with as many of these companies as possible? Um, So that's one of our sales goals for this year. And then a bit longer term, we want to understand how we can address a bigger segment of the construction market. Mm-hmm. Again, when we first launched Bridget Bench, we were trying to keep it as focused, as narrow as possible. Um, and so we're only selling to a specific type of general contractor at this point. Yeah, um, But we know that this solution would apply to subcontractors, to, you know, mechanical contractors, to architects, to engineers. And so we Plan, you know, towards the end of this year to start adding more functionality that would allow us to sell to a wider group within construction versus just the GCs that we sell to right now.
1: Wow. That's so great. Now uh, you've got the Waterloo office and I think I've, I've done my homework and you now have about 50 people working with you. Is that about right? Yes.
0: Um, we're about 50 people. Uh, we just opened a small Toronto office as well. Um, just a co-working space in Toronto. Um, so we have three people out of the Toronto office now, and everybody else is here in the Kitchener Waterloo office.
1: Wow. and i'm I have no doubt that I'm going to be reading soon that you'll be in the Manhattan area um, we'll or New, New, maybe New Jersey. I think New Jerseys a little, <laughs> that's a little a little cheaper than than Manhattan would be. So just I want to fly back in history for just a moment, Lauren, because this is interesting you grew up in stratford is that true stratford ontario which is a beautiful idyllic (laughs) village with Mm. arts and theater and you decide that you're going to become a civil engineer a structural (laughs) engineer how the heck did that happen
0: i know it's definitely not (laughs) what i was I, i never pictured myself going into civil engineering at all it's funny how life sometimes kind of gets you on a different path Um, But yes, definitely growing up in Stratford, I was very involved in the arts community there, Um, still am. And so at the end of high school, I was having a hard time knowing what I wanted to do afterwards. Um, I really had no idea. At one point, I thought I would go to medical school. I just had all these different things and Uh didn't really know where to focus. Um, So engineering actually came up because I was really fortunate in uh, I guess it was towards the end of high school to be involved in a robotics group. Oh wow. Uh, which wasn't something again that I thought I'd be that interested in, but nice. I gave it a shot and I ended up really liking it. And as part of the engineering or as part of the robotics group, they brought in engineering students to be kind of mentors. And so that was the first time I had really contemplated going into engineering. Mm-hmm. Um and so I ended up applying to engineering school not even really knowing what engineering meant it's hard to know there's no tv shows that show you life (laughs) as an engineer so it's a little bit of an unknown right Um, but i always liked math and science i liked problem solving i liked doing you know hands-on things so i felt Mm -hmm. like it would be something that i could study um, and it would keep a lot of doors open because there's so many things you can do after engineering it's just kind of a good general degree right applying to engineering and then um, somehow finding my way into civil structural. Um, again, that was the bottom of my list right. <laughs> um, in terms of what I thought I would be interested in. And I uh, yeah. kind of surprised myself by always loving the structural um, classes. So yeah, it wasn't what I would have said early high school was what my future would be, but it was yeah. um, a really interesting program.
1: Oh, uh, that's, that's great. Well, Lauren, you and um, Mallory and the rest of the Bridget team are doing such a great job. And uh, I I just hold you guys up as an example of how smart people can do great things and answer like solve problems and make a great business out of it. So congratulations and uh, I hope uh, you you will continue. I know this for sure. And uh, thanks for spending some time with us today on AQ's Blog and Grill and uh, have another great day. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks, Lauren. Bye Bye for now.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on AQ's Blog and Grill. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, let us know what you think of the show and who you'd love us to grill next. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next Monday with a brand new episode of AQ's Blog and Grill.
1: Q's Blog & Grill.